let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we're back with our first proper show of, of 2018. We are. Hello, Steve. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Back in, back in our Essex studio. Yes, once again, um, coming live from Licorice in, in Shenfield, um, following on from our triannual special. Which, yes, uh, which is still out there, so hopefully people have enjoyed that. Still out there, something a little bit different for, for, for us. A few, it would seem as though the feedback on it has been pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it was, it was a, for me, it was a nice chance for us to really focus on the beers. Yeah. Rather than... As people will find out tonight, <laughs> spoiler, everything else, <laughs> everything yeah. else apart from the beers. So, yeah, I, I did enjoy that, and because you know, boy, are we making up for it tonight? Oh well. yes. So, without further ado, shall we say what we've got for the first beer then? Let's well, let's um, let's talk about the beers okay. that, that, that we've got tonight. So, before Christmas, we were sent a, a box of wonderful-looking beers from Fine Owls, and and they don't actually, you know, they don't look like beer immediately. No, they don't. These could quite yeah. easily uh, look like cider you could buy at um, a craft fair or something. Yeah, they're very stylish, yep. stylish bottles. They look like three seventy fives, don't they? Uh, they are. Yeah, they are three seventy fives. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is um, the Finals Origins Brewing Project that that they launched um, just before Christmas, uh, and it's an ongoing project that has been created to showcase their provenance and status as an authentic Scottish farmhouse brewery. So um, these beers draw inspiration from a wide range of sources um, and are, are released seasonally as, as well. So what we've got here is the autumn range and we've got a range of beers that have gone through mixed fermentation, the use of wooden barrels and locally sourced and forest foraged ingredients have all featured heavily in the process. I mean, it sounds like um, a, a wild beer inspired this to me. Very Especially much so, with the, yeah. the use of the word foraged there. Yeah. So we've been sent, like I say, the four that were released. Um, and you're going to have some fun watching my face yep. tonight, I think. So we've got... First one up that we're, we're doing is... Um, this is the Goodnight Summer... At five point four percent, it's a sour owl with gooseberries and chamomile. All the stuff you'd expect Steve to love. Two of my favourite ingredients in beer. Those are. So this is a, a saison that has been brewed in friendship with the Inver Restaurant in Argyll, using Scottish malt, wheat, and as Steve said, chamomile aged on old gooseberries. I mean, it gets better there. On old gooseberries. No, old. Oh. Old. <laughs> That'd be even better, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would have set you off, wouldn't it? Um, shall we tuck in? Let's tuck then. in. What did you get on the nose? Medicine. Oh, was it? I was getting a slight, uh, like, farmy, floral type of nose, but without it being too overreaching. I think I was definitely getting the chamomile. Uh, I didn't really get the chamomile on the nose, but I did get it on the flavour, first of all. And that, dry, and that dryness I associate with it as well. It smells a bit like dental cream. Dental cream? Yeah. I'm getting the, the, the funk behind that as yeah. well. I mean, first thing I'm going to say, it's not overly sour. No, it's not. it hasn't got the um, sourness or tartness that's going to make you really pucker, yeah. pucker up, is it? Or make you suck in your cheeks with a sharp inhalation of breath. I mean, they're doing this as part of a, um, 
beer and beer and food pairing. Yeah, so they, as you said, I think this one um, was brewed with the Inver restaurant, and when these were released, there was a, a pairing menu uh, released at the restaurant at the same time. Um, so the idea was that these beers would be obviously paired with yeah. seven. I mean, I can, I can definitely you know, on that menu. I can definitely see that with certain foods, you, you may get something a bit different out of the beer. Well, they've sent us a tasting sheet as, as well. So um, with with this one, they're suggesting uh, to pair it with seafood and sunshine. So <laughs> seafood that sounds a bit poncy. Yes. Um, I can I can possibly see the seafood. I mean, still it is in Scotland. I mean, you're going to have to get the right day. It is. I mean, what is it? It's called Goodnight Summer, so I'm assuming this is saying goodbye to the end of the yeah. summer. And hence it being the autumn collection. Um, um, I'm not disliking it. I'm actually not... I feel like I'm not getting as much um, flavours out of it as I would have expected based on the description. You know, you've got chamomile, you've got gooseberries, you've got the fact that there's a certain amount of spontaneous or wild fermentation mm. going on here. I don't feel like there's as much of that coming out. It's really dry. Well, the, let, let me just read the tasting notes because we've given our views. Yeah. So we shouldn't be too influenced by what this says. Uh, fragrant floral aromas give way to sour fruit tartness from the gooseberries. A short, refreshing finish cleanses the palate. Not really, I'm not really... Uh, gooseberry is one of the few ones I do know sometimes. Um, not really getting much of that myself. Getting the dryness and the refreshing, but they're not really flavours, are they? They're more characteristics. They're not, and I'm, I'm wondering whether we are maybe serving it a bit warm uh, as, as well, maybe it could have done with being a tad, tad, tad colder. Maybe, yeah. but I mean, you know, it's to it's, get that refreshing. Yeah, it's probably just yes. below, this is probably closer to cellar temperature than fridge temperature, we've got it. Yes, it? yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, but anyway, well, we've talked about beer. <laughs> for a bit yeah so let's, uh, let's talk about all the other stuff <laughs> here we go <laughs> the people missed so, <laughs> so much from the uh, from the tasting room episode that we did um, so it, it's been a while since we last sat and, and recorded it's been about six weeks now yeah so um, we did the golden pints before Christmas we did yeah so the last time we actually reviewed our Siberia adventures was a while ago yeah so, so rather than um, rather than recount them all, <laughs> people with our, our adventures over the entire Christmas and January. Well, everyone knows period. respectively the twelve beers of Christmas anyway. Yes, yeah. And they will have listened to your your well put together uh, set of twelve podcasts. Yeah, that was a bit of a labour of love. That was good. As, as I enjoyed well that. In the end. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, you did have those couple of miles moments where it did sound like you were talking to someone when it was just you. Yeah, and and I think towards the end I was. Getting increasingly poorly as, as well. Yes, towards you, the end of that, you did sound a bit rough. <laughs> towards the end of that run. So. It sounded like an audition for the tunes <laughs> advert. Yeah. Um, so I thought maybe just pick one or two um, Beery Adventures each. Yeah. And, and then maybe uh, just a couple of real standout beers that we've had from, from think, the period as I well. I think that's a good idea. I'll just stick the trinary theme then. So there's obviously one which we both uh, went to. We went to the Victoria on Friday. We did, yes. Great evening. It was a brilliant evening. Yeah. Drank way too much. It was one of those nights where it def- definitely hit me. Oh, yeah. But I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and the beer kept flowing. The beer did keep flowing. As well, yeah. Um, but it was just, it was really good. So we had uh, Tom from Craft Beer Hours there. We had some bre- local brewers. So we had Ollie Watts. Uh, we had Mark Watson, who's at Essex Bottle Share. We had um, friends from Essex Bottle Share were there. Yeah. Uh, Michelle joined me as well. Uh, Justin, who was on the show last time, his other half joined us. Um, the 
guys who run the Vic were completely on it. They held a raffle, raised quite a stack of cash as well, actually. Yeah, I think I think I saw a tweet today that they've that raffle on Friday night has pretty much raised half of the total of the charity fund yeah. for Triangle. I'm really impressed with that. Yeah. I mean, it, because it felt busy, but it never felt packed the other night. It didn't feel like there was a thousand pounds worth of no. raffle. Unless we money donate, unless we donate a lot. When I say we won two beers, maybe I just actually bought them five times over. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've got raffle well, you, tickets. Well, you, you did just admit that you was uh, enjoying the beer <laughs> yeah, exactly. rather too much. Uh, but that, that, I mean, that was really good fun. They had some really nice beers on. Again, some good beers in the fridge. Um, it was just a real fun event, and I'm, I'm ho- hoping. But judging by what else I read, a lot of other train new events seem to be as 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 well attended yeah. and as much fun. So um, I thought that was really good. Uh, I did go to one the night before that as well on Thursday um, at a terrace bar in Brentwood, which again is in Essex. Um, that one was partly organised by Justin. Um, the terrace bar is a wine bar generally most of the time, but. Uh, and I've forgotten her name, so that I'll, I'll remember it just after we finish recording it, is what I usually do. And um, she's basically set up a pop-up. Okay. And she sort of trialled it for a few months on a Tuesday. And she gets in uh, four kegs, yeah. so four craft kegs on the, on the portable machines, and some bottles and cans. And they pulled together, uh, Billy Ricky Brewing and Brentwood Brewing were also there. Um, Leon C, who are really new to me actually, um, I'd read a bit about them but hadn't found any of their beers. Mm-hmm. And they had um, a pale ale, which I reckon you would have loved. It was because it was on it was on keg, it wasn't on gravity. Winner. There you go. <laughs> Cold fizzy, three point eight percent citra hop. Perfect. Um, Sounds spoke, amazing. Spoke to them. They're trialing their tap room opening at different hours and stuff. But they did say it's a good chance we'll have it open when the England are playing in the rugby. Oh, okay. So I've noted the Six Nations. Yeah. So I can get there by bus, which is really handy, as I can really get anywhere by train for the next three or four months <laughs> outside of my commuting hours. Yeah. So um, that was that was again that was good fun, and um, there was a couple of the Essex Bottle Shade guys there for that, and Justin um, again raided one of his infamous stashes and shared out a few a few goodies as well. So you know, good luck to them. It's an interesting idea. Brentwood, there's plenty of bars, um, but if you want something a little bit different beer wise, you are lacking a little bit and it's about a 10 minute walk from the station so I thought that's a nice little bit of initiative mm-hmm. over there so it's something a bit different yeah sounds, it sounds like it was a good evening yeah I, I was actually uh, Brentwood's a bit more difficult for me to get to because I've actually got to change trains and it was the combination of changing trains and that 10 minute walk that ultimately put me off <laughs> of, of, of going it's as well well there you go I made the right decision <laughs> um, so I, I mean for, for me, I've had really a fairly quiet month actually in terms of actually going out. Yeah, I haven't been out too. That's why I yeah. went back and you know we did the bottle share. That was back all the way. Well, that was the second of January. Yeah, I mean, I was that was that was going to be one of my one of my highlights was the bottle share. But then I thought thought about it. And I'm like, yeah, it was, it was the second of January. So it was only the second day of the uh, <laughs> of the new year. It kind of still felt like Christmas. Yeah. And it was it was a fairly low attendance as as, as yeah, well. Yeah, there was a lot of illness. Yeah, um, I think there was nine of us. Yeah, so we did, it, we it did was, get through the beers fairly quickly. We did get through the beers fairly quickly, uh, but it was I mean it was still a good night as ever. You know, speaking of bottle share, the next one's our third birthday. It is, which is uh, as people listen to this, uh, it'll be next week that we'll be having our yeah. 
third birthday bottle share. So what's that? Thirty six. That'll be the thirty seventh. I know it's not bad going, is it? Event and. Um, our, our mate Clayton has been to every single one of them. He has been to every single one. He is the only ever present. Yeah, which is a, a stunning achievement. A stunning achievement by one of the one of the founders. Yeah, absolutely. But no, that that should be a good event um, next week. Because, Messy event. Yeah, because we don't we don't bring bottles on our birthday. We we, we buy all of the beer from the bar. Yeah. As, as a way of. Of saying thank you to them for putting up with us throughout the year, exactly. Turning up, you know, bringing our own beers, reserving us a table, etc. Yeah, yeah. Any, any standout beers then? Um, a, a couple. Uh, th- there were a couple from the twelve beers of Christmas that that I did. That were one of them was a surprise that I didn't expect it to be quite as good as it ended up being, which was the. Um, Cromarty Anniversary Owl Number Five, which was a big impy stout that had been okay. used in whiskey barrels. Um, it just came out of nowhere in terms of the flavour that was in it. It was thick. It was it was just so enjoyable. I really enjoyed drinking that one. Um, and the other one was uh, the I've got to try and say it again now. The the West West Verlerton Twelve. Oh yeah. Yeah, whatever. That, that, the, the, the greatest beer in the world, uh, apparently. Um, that was incredible. It, it was a shame that I had that at the height of when I was feeling it. You did, Ill. and you sounded it as well. And I was getting some flavour off it. I was getting hardly any aroma. There must have been aroma there. There must have been. Well, you did. Who did you do that one with? I did that with uh, Joe. Yeah, uh, and because he, he was he was commenting about getting quite a bit of the yeah. as well, so it was there. He just couldn't pick it up. Yeah, yeah. So so that those are probably the two standouts from my twelve years of Christmas. The the other standout for me this month has been um, rediscovering fresh stone IPA in Tesco's. Didn't you get some really fresh? My, my Tesco's had a stock that was canned on the 11th of December. And they were doing their offer of like three for 5.25. So I just kept going in there and clearing their shelves of it. Because I was like, a beer that fresh that was tasting that good for that price. I simply couldn't turn that down. So I've drunk, I've, I've drunk a huge amount of that. That's a brilliant price. In, in January. Ties in quite nicely to what we'll be talking about later. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Well, what about you, beer-wise? Anything um, real standout? Well, I cracked open the Fuller's Imperial IPA, which was something which we, we weren't sure we'd be able to get hold of. Which we eventually tracked down, yeah. didn't we? Yeah, thanks to, a, thanks to a listener. Yeah, actually. mentioned on Twitter, and then we suddenly discovered they did have some in the online shop. terrible. We really should have name-checked him. Yes. If, if it's you... Thanks. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you for signposting us. Um, so you, myself and Clay, went in, got some delivered to pub next door to work. I think we've got a couple each. I'm definitely going to age one, cracked open one. It was an absolutely delicious beer, but I would describe it more as a hoppy, a, a fresh, young, hoppy barley wine. Okay. Um, I suspect it says you can age it. I would suspect, obviously, it will just become more of a traditional barley wine. That's how I picture it at the moment. Yeah. So yes, um, and again, this isn't from any sort of expert opinion. It didn't feel like an imperial IPA to me, but it did taste really nice. Um, and the other thing I want to do is give a shout out for the beers which we tried on the tasting room, the Cheshire Brewhouse beers. Oh, which, you loved them. <laughs> which within five minutes of us wrapping up the show, I'd ordered a case, <laughs> which had three of each of the beers we'd done, and I've got through half of them already. Um, so big shout out to them, and I still would love, uh, I think 
at least one or two of them, I think, may be on it, or their beers are on at the Manchester Beer Festival, weren't they? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, oh, I still wouldn't mind trying that on cask. Can, just just going back to that when when we did those on on that tasting room special, we, we both I remember us commenting about we didn't it, the, the the two IPAs in particular the Govindas mm-hmm. were, were supposed to have come in at 120 IBUs and I remember us saying that they didn't actually come across yeah. that bitter. I've since tried them both again and drinking a full measure of them on their own without any beers before them. Yes, they are that. That, that I, bitter, that I fantastic had, bitterness. I had the Gabinda last night, and I'd only had the one beer at the time, and yes, definitely came across with really that bitterness. Just cut through. But the flavour came through more as well. Yeah. Remember, I said on the show that I'd rather do it in another order. I did do that as well with some of the beers as well. I went with the organic plumage, then the Chevalier Malt, and then the um, the Loopy. Okay. I did it in that order, and again, but they're all brilliant beers. Yeah. Really drinkable. So yeah, a big shout out to those, and had some really, really good oakum citra and Adams Mosaic on cask recently, which prompted me to change a bit of scoring on my untapped. Which we'll come back to in the next show, I think, mate. A little teaser. A little teaser for what's to come. Well, it's been, it's been an interesting month, that, yeah. that, that's, that's to say the least. Um, what about the, the the beer? I mean, I've I've been supping it as, as you've been I'm, talking there. I'm, I'm getting a bit more floral on the nose, but uh, the, the medicinalness that I was picking up seems to be it's still there. So I'm not really getting that, and I'm getting less dryness now as well on the palate. But again, that goes back to what you were just saying about the the Govinda. If this had been at a bottle share and you just had a really small taste. You'd hardly get any of that. No, but you would have got the medicinal bit you didn't like probably. Yeah. That that might be my problem with most of the time at bottle share. <laughs> Actually, is when there's beer that I don't like, what I'm getting is all of the characteristics that I don't like. Because I think they're the easiest characteristics yeah. to pick out sometimes. Rather than a, a nice, decent pour yeah. that actually allows you to get a lot more out of it. Yeah, especially following something probably completely different before yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's, it's growing on me a little bit. Okay, well, while we, uh, while we continue that... What's next, Steve? We have got the mother of all newsies <laughs> to go through. Because I understand, Martin, that somebody wasn't happy that there was no news no, in the taste. No, I had some direct feedback from Michelle, and she said, Oh, you had no news. And I said, I did tell you we weren't doing any news. Um, so... Here you go. Here we go. And and this is, again, you know, bearing in mind that we, we haven't recorded a show for about six weeks. Uh, this is literally just a snapshot of, of, of some of the things that I've picked out that I thought would, would make for interesting discussion here. So, so first up, back in, uh, right at the beginning of January, BrewDog announced that um, 100% of their staff have achieved certified beer server Cicerone qualifications. So they announced that all 700 of its staff have achieved the cert- this, this qualification, uh, which is obviously an industry standard um, qualification for, for, for identifying those with knowledge and skills mm-hmm. in, in the profession. Um, and the milestone also meant that every single BrewDog employee from the accounts team to bar staff have achieved this qualification, which I thought was really interesting. I didn't comment online about it, but a few people jumped in straight away and basically called bullshit on it in terms of the staff turnover in bars 
surely means they can't ever be consistently at 100%. Possibly, but if they, they could have been when that announcement was made, though. What, for a day? Yeah, yeah. It's still an accurate announcement. But even so, even... Even with turnover. Even with that. that, isn't, that just, isn't that a great statement for a brewery to make in terms of, we, we are so committed to what we do that every single person that works for us has this qualification. Yeah. I, 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 I don't see a downside to it because even with the turnover, presumably one of the criteria is we want you to either have that qualification or you're going to get it. Yeah. So, which, which means they're also investing in their staff yeah. as, well, as well, which is never a bad thing when and a company invests in its staff. All right, there is a turnover. I think everyone acknowledges that. But there's be a certain amount of people who don't leave BrewDog. Yeah. But if you do, you've got Cicerone on your CV. Yeah. It would be interesting to see how the percentage fluctuated maybe over a year and, and to see whether they've got maybe a target of saying we, we aim to stay at 95% or... Possibly, a, a, but people can call bullshit it. They'll probably still have more Cicerones than most other bars. Uh, well, it sounds like there's 700 of them. It, it sounds yeah, like they've so got the lion's share. I'd say they've done pretty well. Yeah. Um, so coming down from uh, Scotland to, to one of our favourite places, Manchester... Uh, once again announced that the Manchester Beer Week will return uh, this year running from Friday the 29th of June through until Sunday the 8th of July Uh, once again featuring breweries, pubs, bars, restaurants and retailers across Greater Manchester Um, a great event I mean I've I've been lucky enough to go for the last two years I'm not going to be able to make it this year because I just don't have I don't have the holiday to, to take this year to get up there to go along. Um, but if it's if it's your sort of thing, keep an eye on MCR Beer Week on Twitter or, or the website mcrbeerweek.co.uk for details on the events that will be re- released soon. Well, I'm sure there'll be lots of things coming out, and um, you know, hopefully Connor won't try and burn his house down. Yes. This time. Yeah, trying to brew a beer <laughs> at, at the same time as running. Uh, a city-wide event. But it, I mean, it did sound fantastic last year, so uh, it's got to be, in my head, as good as or better. Yeah. Especially with the type, with the amount of bars and breweries they have access to. Well, what, one of the things that's come out of the last two years are these kind of unique collabs that they set up with Manchester breweries collabing with breweries around the country. Yeah. And inevitably, some of those end up making their, their, their way into small package and making their way out across the, yeah. the, the, the UK as well. So if nothing else... Hopefully there'll be the collab beers again, which you might be able to get your hands on. Which is always a good thing. Never, never a bad thing, is it? Um, so the next one is we mentioned this a while back, um, and I just wanted, to, which is why I wanted to just follow up on it. So that there was talks in terms of Aspel cider, what we're looking for a buyer, um, because we would we had a discussion about their links to Adnams and all, all the rest of it. Well, uh, the buyer stepped in. Uh, over Christmas and it's uh, Molson Coors have, have snapped up um, the investment into to Aspals um, basically uh, what Aspals did was they looked at the offer that was being made by Molson Coors uh, they went down had a look at the Sharps Brewery um, seen how they've treated them and decided it was the, the, the right move for the company so um, I think this might be the first instance of a Cider producer selling out to one of the uh, to one of the big brewery brewery companies. Well, I mean, so, I mean, Aspals, I think, has got a fairly good reputation cider wise. I mean, you can get it fairly easily in a lot of shops. I would say, um, 
instead of getting it in my local car in the local car that's what I go to yeah um, and I've always quite liked the Aspel cider um, they look and the bottles look very nice um, so I guess what Malson Coors will be doing will be getting the stuff onto draft in their pubs yeah and I've, I've seen Aspel's in quite a mm. few pubs as well but I assume we'll see it just, just that little bit more now yeah I mean hopefully it'll carry on tasting like Aspel cider and won't start tasting like doom <laughs> God help them if it does. <laughs> um, so at the other end of that spectrum, and this is one that I'm sure you're going to be very pleased to hear, uh, was Thornbridge announcing that they've teamed up with Pivovar to open sites across the UK. So Thornbridge have joined forces with the craft beer distributor and pub company Pivovar to open 10 new sites over the next five years across the country, announcing at the same time that they'd, they'd secured a site in Birmingham and that they'd be opening a site there, I mean, this is a uh, this is great news, isn't it? I think it's very good news. I mean, anything which gets Formbridge Formbridge beers further afield, I think, is an excellent thing. Slightly biased opinion. Um, hopefully, we can get Pivovar to identify a site in London. I'm sure they're probably already working on on that. You can't you can't announce that you're going to have a series of Thornbridge pubs all over the, the UK. And and I'm actually, I'm sure it says uh, companies are, are hoping to open sites in. Manchester, Bristol, Hull and London amongst other cities. So that would work for me. I'm sure it would, and as long as they've got fresh cast dry pour on. I'll be a regular. You'll be a, you'll be a happy man. I will. You? No, yeah. it is good news, because I mean, they've also announced the, uh, the Formbridge at Craft Beer Residency, haven't they? Yes, yeah. Where their beers are, it's almost like a, a semi-permanent tap takeover for like four to six weeks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So I spent a bit of time trying to find out which ones. I think I found one. But oh, yeah, okay. You have to wait. Oh. <laughs> That'll come up in Beery Adventures in the future. <laughs> Exciting. Um, next up, uh, we've seen the um, Brewer Merry Go Round can continue. Yeah. With, with the January transfer window. Yeah. Um, so, uh, James Kemp, also known as JK, uh, currently head brewer at Marble, um, announced that he was leaving Marble to go um, work for Yeasty Boys. Yeah. Which was. I don't think anybody saw this one I wouldn't coming. have seen that one coming. I mean, you know, JK is right up there, especially with some of the, the brews that Marble have put out in the last 18 months to two oh, years. Oh, Marble have been ridiculously consistent. Yeah, but not just consistent on years. the stuff we expect them to be consistent on. They've been, they've been innovating as well. Yeah. Um, and it's been lots of love for them, but I think partly because of their consistency and their wanting to do both sides of things like we've spoken about before the trad and innovating yeah they seem to be able to do both at the moment and yeah yeasty boys uh getting them that's a bit of a shock i mean it's always you know that's like an established top six team in the premier league and someone who's just come up snapping up one of their star players absolutely yeah um and that's no disrespect to yeasty boys but they're still fairly fairly new boys on the scene especially bearing in mind you know their recent period of homelessness almost yeah, but it, it seems as though obviously this just goes to demonstrate Yeasty Boys' commitment to what they're now doing at West Berkshire yeah. Brewing, um, because because that's where that's where he's going to be based as and well. And how confident they feel, yes, about that future they've yeah. got at West Berkshire as well. Yeah, because we got to to try because um, one of the, the the sales guys from Yeasty Boys was at the training yeah. event on Friday night, wasn't he? So and he bought some fresh off the can in line Gunamata digital and IPA. digital IPA down. So we got to try yeah. some of the first beers. The Gunamata was 
as good as I remember it being because I'm a, obviously being a fan of the Gunner Matter. Yeah, I, I wasn't. You still I, didn't like it. I didn't like it. All, so in that case, it was consistent <laughs> because it tasted exactly the same as the last one that I didn't exactly. like. That was brewed at Brewdog. So yeah, um, which is a good sign yeah. that, that they've got that consistency straight away. But I think I'm just wondering if, based on JK's track record, are we going to see Yeasty Boys doing some of their more innovative stuff that we don't always get to I, see over here I think so that they do over in New Zealand yeah and are they going to give him a bit of free reign to kind of play around with some specials it's got to be because like I said with the innovating that Marble were doing he can't suddenly pinch him and say I only want you to brew the stuff we've already been brewing yeah so the, I reckon we've got some exciting times coming for obviously oh, boys very much so you know with, with the, the network which West Berkshire have got and access to pubs you should see Yeasty Boys in more pubs, I imagine, as well. Yeah, exciting times. As well as, well as out retail outlets. Yeah, ex- exciting times ahead. I think I think Yeasty Boys are going to have a very good 2018. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think they're going to be one of the ones to, to, to watch. Um, so, from, from one of the uh, really innovative things about 2018, to, to camera. <laughs> you can't help yourself, could you? You couldn't help yourself. Um have announced that finally um, they, they're going to give its members an opportunity to vote on the findings of the revitalisation project that now seems to have been running for ever yeah for, forever um, a good couple of years yeah so you can you, you can sign up um, you can go and have a look at the uh, documents on online and you can do what I did and, and sign up to get notifications as to when voting becomes Done that as well. active uh, purely because even being a member of camera I don't seem to ever get emails from them oh, that's because um, they've heard about you possibly yeah possibly comments like that previous one isn't it <laughs> yeah. I mean what they've done is they've distilled down to um, of all the stuff they've done some very key points that are uh, about Two two sections. So I'm forgetting about Cyber and Perry, but focusing on uh, real ale and then focusing on other beers was where the two focus bits were. And um, so under the revitalisation project proposals, camera should remain the campaign for real ale. And this next sentence is one which makes me weep a little bit. Camera should promote the virtues of well-produced, well-kept, cast-conditioned beer. That's all really good, that bit. As the pinnacle of the brewer's art. Which, for me, you're already alienating brewers who don't brew cask. It's... And people who like beers that aren't cask. Can, can I just say, to quote you, they couldn't help themselves, could they? No. They, they, had, they couldn't just leave it. Because I've heard them say it before, and I was hoping it wouldn't make its way into the proposals. Yeah. And that last bit of the sentence is, is, is not... Is not right because a great beer produced using top quality ingredients, tasting fantastic, doesn't matter on the dispense. Well, you could say that the beers that we're trying here tonight are beers using top quality, purely natural ingredients. Yes. But because it's not being served in a cask, this, this can't be recognised. Yeah. As, as a beer by camera. And before I carry on with that, what have you just poured us, Steve? So I've just poured the Pandora. Ooh, your Pandora's box. So this is quite a step up in ABV, so we're going up to 8.1% here. Oh, gentle, from a 5.4. Yeah. 
this is an oak fermented farmhouse owl with a wild Scottish brambles. Now you know what this reminds me of straight away, just visually, and a slight aroma again. I'm getting a bit of razor. No, rodent bag. Oh, okay. <laughs> brilliant yeah well known soft drinks podcast yes um, well let's let's give it a go cheers, cheers. It, oh, it's got that nose got as well isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, isn't it not the well roundedness of a road and back it's definitely got some shades of it going on there I'm getting a lot of um, a lot of the oak straight away yeah but I'm not getting that um it doesn't feel like a, you know sometimes oak chips feel a bit false yes this doesn't no, no because I, I think as as opposed to some other Scottish breweries <laughs> that may not generally um, age their beers in actual oak this has been I think this has been yeah. aged so in, I think it comes in, out a bit differently in oak yeah um, so just to carry on with a bit more about the camera thing um, camera should reassert its definition of real ale and undertake an analysis led by an appropriate group um, as to whether or not there is cask beer on sale today that fails to meet this definition. Well, no, it probably doesn't fail to meet the definition of cask beer, but it's probably just a bit shit. Probably, yeah. And I think that's what they're actually trying to say. Don't think you can argue with that statement at all, can you? Yeah. Um, this is just a really long-winded way of not trying to say some beer out there is shit, but it's still cask. Yeah. Um, and it can still be well-kept cask, but yeah. sure, still a bit shit. And then you have the bit where they say uh, about other beers, so cameras should seek to promote awareness and understanding of the different factors that contribute to beer quality. Um, permit the stocking of British beers that do not meet the definition of real ale at camera beer festivals. No, that should cause a bit of angst. Now, that hang one. on. Yeah, that almost sounds revolutionary. That is revolutionary for camera. Um, display educational material alongside other beer types, explaining how these differ from real ale. This should also apply to foreign beers because one of the points uh, they made was that they don't have um, beers from a lot of British brewers because they don't meet the definition of real ale, but you can buy lots of other beers from other countries. So you can buy American beers, you can, and that not, not talking about the American Is this cast festivals. Yeah, yeah, say Olympia, um, Belgian beers, Dutch beers, none of those get classed as real ale, um, but they're, but they're still there. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think this will be interesting. I mean, the, what they're doing is they're opening the voting so you don't have to go to the AGM. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that some of the arguments at the AGM will be very polarised. But I am hopeful that at least a few of these ones will get adopted. And I think one of the things that I was surprised not to actually see, um, and maybe I just missed it, was about pubs. A bit more about pubs in there because you know especially with regards to car scale the best place to have a pint of car scale or the only place to have a pint of car scale is in the pub, in the pub yeah. you know a really good car scale forget about beer festivals which happen every so often mm-hmm. and isn't always the best place to have car scale it's in the, it's in the pub yeah so I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that we're going to get a bit of progress on here um, but obviously what the other bit of news which came out is that Colin Valentine the chairman is stepping down at the AGM oh okay I, d- I didn't see that so uh, and he's been got a, he's had a lot of stick in his 8 year tenure anyway um, he said he'd already made this decision um, so effectively he's going to do the camera version of Brexit um, and then he's going to do a David Cameron and wander off and, and leave and, le- yeah. and leave uh, you know the, his, his predecessor to, to, to work with it but it'll be definitely be interesting how it comes out but 
I would say that even five years ago, there's a lot of people who wouldn't have expected Camera to even have this conversation. Mm. Aren't they doing some? Uh, they're doing a couple of road shows as well, isn't there? There's, there's definitely one from Manchester and London. Yes. Slated. I'm not yeah. sure whether they're going to add to that um, as, as well. I think that's probably a good thing to do. Um, probably quite a limited amount of time because the AGM is in Coventry after Easter, isn't it? Back end of April. Yeah. So it's a limited amount of time for that. And most people probably won't be swayed at this point anyway. No, but I, I would encourage anybody um, with an open mind to go to revitalisationdecision.camera.org.uk uh, where you can read a little bit more about what you've just gone through. Yeah. Um, and you can also sign up to be notified when, when, when to vote. I think you've got to be a member. You do have to be, to be a member. To vote. Yes. Um, but it's I, worth having a read. I don't think you have to be a member to have a read of it. Right. Yeah, no, no, there'll still, yeah. still be stuff in there that people will either champion or they'll go, oh, why is it still in there? All I would say is that, like I said, for me, this is still a step forward. For some people, it'll never be a step forward enough. But believe you me, there will be people in camera who will say this is way too far yeah. forward thinking. Well, I'll put, um, make it easy for people. I'll put a link to that in the yep. show notes so, cool. so people can click right, right through and, and have a look at it from there. Um, while we're talking campaigns, um, there was also the news uh, over Christmas that there's a beer for that is coming to an end and it's going to be replaced by a beer duty campaign. Um, so obviously beer for that was the industry-wide campaign to promote beer in all forms um, and now it's being, it's being replaced by an initiative that we designed to combat the devastated impact of high beer duty on beer and pubs. Um, the organisers said they looked at key issues when the campaign began and found that they're no longer the major barriers to, to beer and pub growth. Um, it's not yet clear whether the initiative will have the same level of funding as there's a beer for that had, which had around £5 million a year budget, uh, but full details will be out in April this year. Any thoughts on that one? Not sure. How, I think that's more of a challenge to promote because the beer for, I thought the beer for that campaign, although it was obviously backed by a lot of the the big boys and big regionals mm. was actually quite a good campaign for promoting beer. Yeah. Beer full stop. And there was the website where you could go into and do food matches. Yeah, and, and they used to have yeah. a, thing or a Facebook thing and during the week as well and suggest a beer or suggest a food, that kind of stuff. Duty campaign may be important, but it's going to sound a bit dull. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see people getting... I don't envy the, excited about I don't envy, envy the PR and advertising people who have to get involved in this one. Yeah, but again, maybe they're, they're obviously targeting a different user group, aren't they? Because mm-hmm. with a beer for that, they would have been targeting beer drinkers and, and maybe new beer drinkers yeah. as, as well. Whereas this is going to be focused to help pubs grow. Uh, still not, I'm, I'm, I, I think it'd be harder to capture the imagination. Myself, I think it's watch your space on yeah. that and, and see what comes out in April. But it's, it's probably practical, just not sure it's going to be very entertaining. N- not as, en- as entertaining as I, I certainly remember when a beer for that first launched their uh, Twitter beer matching service, and some of the things people were tweeting at them to ask them to yeah. match beer with was quite amusing. Yeah, exactly. It, it was uh, fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure you can have the same level of fun with GT. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Um, so, the final news story um, is the news that Odyssey Bruco um, have teamed up with Ebria Trade um, to exclusively offer the shortest dated beer ever produced in the UK. So, this is a beer called KO IPA, which stands for Kegdon IPA, IPA 
a heavily hopped beer which will have a best before end date of just four days as opposed to a standard six or 12 months. Beer will be kegged on the 31st of January, so as we record today on the 29th, that's two days away, and as people listen to this on the 1st, it was yesterday, um, and then it will arrive at the pub a day later, so Ebria are committing to getting this delivered to pubs in 24 hours, with a best before end of the 4th of February. Um, so this was what very much inspired our first um, comeback poll. Yes, or are in reverse order. Well, well, yeah, because we've done we've done a couple, but, but this uh, is the uh, first one linked directly to the show at the time of which we're recording, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, definitely the inspiration for it. So that's where we're going to start this week. Opinions, 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 opinions. So we asked the question on the back of that. Um, how important is freshness to you? Um, which I've just realised, I, have, I haven't actually put the results on, on our note sheet. Um, well, while you're looking for that, I'm going to speak a little bit more about the beer we've just been having. Okay, yeah, um, you, I'm you do that. You, huh? you feel. Feel, yeah, yeah is that yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's it. Yeah. Um, oh, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it a lot more than the first one. Like I said, it's definitely given me that feeling of a, a roadie back, even though it hasn't got necessarily, necessarily the same richness to it. It's very easy drinking at the eight plus percent for me. The yolk is very soft. Um, I, I think it's really good. I think for a UK sort of take on a road and back, which I know they haven't advertised it as, but that's what it keeps reminding me of. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Well, do you want to hear the, um, the, the tasting notes on this one? Are uh, light berry sweetness and minerality is layered over a strong wood character with hints of leather and a smooth finish, finish with a hint of vanilla, uh, suggested pairing with red meat or cheese. Red meat less, cheese, yes. Cheese, this would go fantastic. I think they're really good cheese. cheese. Yeah. I mean, really cut through some of them as well. The red meat, depending on what you have the red meat, one of them might get lost, but the cheese, mm. some good cheese, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the cheese? I want cheese now. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gutted we don't have cheese. I'm. Likewise, really enjoying it actually. I'm finding it really soft. That I am getting hints of the oak. I, I was picking up vanilla before I read it on, on, on there, so just, just a hint yeah. of it. Um, it is all balanced together, it's not overly tart on, on no, the finish, it's quite a soft finish to it. It feels like with the first two we've had, it's almost like they're creating something that they can do with this. Like, so they launched it as the, 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 the food as well, as, as a definite alternative to wine. Oh, definitely. That's what it feels yeah. like at the moment. Yeah. That's what they're pitching it as. Well, it'll be interesting to see the next one as, as well, because I think that's in a very similar vein to, okay. to, to this one, but we'll come on to that. So, so just jumping back um, to, to the poll. So we, we did ask the question um, uh, around Odyssey releasing this KOIPA. Um, how important is freshness to you? So we offered two, two votes. Uh, fresh is best drink now. Or not really bothered. Two hundred and eighty-nine votes. So actually, a very, very close vote in the end. Fifty-three percent of people saying they're not really bothered, uh, as opposed to forty-seven percent saying um, drink, drink now. There were a lot of comments along the lines of, "Well, it depends on the style of the beer." Yeah, uh, say that up front. Yeah, and I think we expected that anyway. Yeah, I mean, you could have put that as your third option. Uh, Absolutely. But then we would have had. I think you probably would have had a, a thirty, thirty, thirty odd. Yeah. Split on it anyway. Um, now, before we go into what 
Twitter was saying, I did also approach Mitchell, uh, Odyssey Brewing mm-hmm. Co., just to say that we're, we're going to do this poll and wanted to get his thoughts, and he, he very kindly came back to us as well. So, should, should I just... Yeah, let's read out what they... Let's get them there. Okay, so, so what he said was, the whole point of KOIPA, um, which we actually ran last year as well, is really a showcase for what Ebria can do for a small brewery and bars. In terms of pre-sales, it helps our cash flow, creates some interest, raises our profile as a small concern, and hopefully people can enjoy the beer pretty much as, as we taste it out of our tanks. It's also something we hope will get people into their local pub in what is a terrible month for pubs. Um, as I said in the press release, the, the, the short day is a bit of fun and not meant to be taken too seriously. So absolutely, this is both about great fresh beer, but also about a fun experience for people and the bars involved. We don't want people to get too worked up over it, basically. Um, that's what he was saying. He then went on to say, after I went back to him and had a bit of to and fro, he said, obviously, this isn't the first that we've seen because Brewdog have done Born to Die, Stone have done their Enjoy By series, um, and he said he's surprised that someone hasn't done the keg take on it sooner, to be honest, because the idea's been around for yonks. Okay. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we, you know, we can probably come back to what... Uh, he said once we've yeah. heard a few comments from our listeners okay yeah so um, let's dive into a couple of these so first up Mick Porter at Mick underscore Porter uh, said within reason not into drinking things within a week um, as most of the time I find it's not quite ready anyway got a lot of hot burn from super fresh IPAs in the past and found most are better with a month or two on them so that's that's quite an interesting. I've had a few like that. Yeah, I, I think a lot I've had a of people few in have the said last, that. In fact, in the last few months, I've probably had a few, which I'm thinking. Actually, I feel like that isn't actually ready. Oh wait, that doesn't sound like what Odyssey was saying about their beer. They're basically saying you're tasting it the way we taste it from the tank, not you're getting it in advance or yeah. how it should be. So it feels like, from what they said, the beer is going out when they say it's at its peak. When they yeah when they when they want people to enjoy it at its absolute yeah. peak. That's what you hope anyway. I mean, yeah. Just to go back to did have they or Ebria said where it's actually going? Um, no, no, they haven't. I, I don't. Was that going to be like a whirlwind of publicity in the next few days? It, it might be. It, it, yeah, once once it's actually gone out, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear if any of our listeners yeah, actually... Yeah, that's where I was getting to. So, if someone does get the chance, give us some feedback on, on yeah. what it's like, yeah. Um, so next up we had uh, Paul Handley at Cape and Hurst Kid. Uh, I love Odyssey Bruco, but this freshness, Americanism, goes over my head. Don't Budweiser use freshness as a bulletin point in their ads? Um, I think he's right. He is right, isn't he? Because they were... I think we've had this conversation before. Weren't they one of the first... Beer brands to put a born on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's quite an interesting point. Um, again, quite a lot of comments about the, the hoppiness factor. So David Hamilton at least Dave. Um, for hoppy beers, freshness is a big factor. That's why I tend not to drink US hoppy beers as they are never at their best. Four days is just silly though. Almost suggests a problem if beer can't be trusted beyond that. That's a, an interesting viewpoint. So there was, and obviously we've got other ones to read, but there were, there were, I think there were a few viewpoints about sort of echoed what David said as well. Um, there were, um, where is it? There was one very similar to that. Here we go. Um, as, as, uh, so this was Paul Brearley at The Real Bryman. 
as as far as as there are far too many beers being released that feel too fresh with heartburn inducing hoppiness i'm not sold on the four day best before end um and then joe hill at multiplex rank uh rant assuming you're talking hoppy pal beers fresh is best most of the time though some are better a few weeks post release bit of a red hair in this four day thing anyway it's on a keg not a can so presumably would have sold through in four days anyway that's not an invalid point about that. I think that's, you know, obviously made the point. If it goes into a busy bar, if it's landing in busy bars, this coming Thursday, 1st yeah. of Feb. Ready for a long weekend, effectively. It, 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 should, it should be done by Sunday. And this weekend, does the Six Nations start this weekend as uh, well? It's normally the first weekend in Feb, yeah. So you could end up in some places which also shown the rugby yes. as well. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that if, you, if we sort of take at face value what Odyssey have said about being a bit of fun and not to be taken too seriously, um, I would assume that if you drank it on day five, it still wouldn't be dreadful. I think the important thing will be if you drink it on day one, is it nice? Or will it justify those comments that people have made where it's just too green and too fresh? Yeah. Is there going to be a sweet spot in that keg? Hard to know. Yeah. You, you yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be able to say. I mean, is there, you know, I suppose we're born to die and enjoy by, there's a sweet spot. But every now and again, you get some people saying, do you know what? I've just had it on the last day and it's leveled off really nicely. hasn't got that burn anymore. It's all really well rounded. There's also different tastes and different, you know, well, well, ways think, that people go for it. I think James at Gammon Barron mentioned that. And I know this is something you've, you've found before as well. So um, can anyone actually taste the difference in a blind tasting? Um, when Brewdog flogged Born to Die cheap after a month, was there any noticeable difference? I found Born to Die lives quite well. You found it got better, didn't yeah. you? There was one, there was definitely one iteration a year, year and a half ago, which I thought definitely got better. What the fuck has happened to Born to Die? They, they seem to have just stopped doing it. I've forgotten about it, to be honest. Yeah, it's been it's been ages since we've seen. There wasn't wasn't there in the, there wasn't a November seventeen one. Then. No, the last one was the can. The last one was the first time they'd put it into. So it would have been the April 07. Yeah, around their AGM. So they knew one at the back end? Yeah, they've they've stopped. Well, we, no one did anyone notice. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not. So, <laughs> but moving on, get, getting back into some comments. Some Miles Lambert uh, at Miles Lambert. Um, fresh helps for some beers, but many of those beers still taste great months afterwards. Our perception of fresh has changed too. A few years ago, anything within six months seemed fresh. Now it just feels like six days. Aroma hops fade. We all know that, but nothing else does. I would judge buying decisions on freshness when buying IPAs. Mind uh, that was followed up by a brilliant comment mm-hmm. by Bob Maxfield at Bob Maxfield. I saw this one. I always go to comment on these polls and then realise Miles had said it already, <laughs> um, which which was great. So what, what what do you think about what, what Miles is saying there in terms of because we've we've done a fresh discussion. It was opinions number one. It was the very first show that we did when I bought the you beers back from the States. City, wasn't it? Yeah. And that's and, what prompted that one. And we had a discussion around freshness then. Here we are, 18 months on. Has our perception of fresh changed in that time, do you think? I think it's definitely... The conversation's moved on, definitely, because the whole... You know, one of the one of the protagonists for that may have been the amount of the uh, speed with which um, Cloudwater started bringing out their Dipper series. 
Yeah. Their, their versions were pretty well spread out before that, weren't they? Yeah. And then they started doing they'll come in in a month, which to me implied you'd want to drink your whatever version it was that month before the next one came out and so on and so forth. So I think you started to get it creeping through and creeping in. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know if I, I was trying to think about it today. Do I judge my, my beer purchasing choices on how fresh? I certainly do when I go into a retail outlet and I'm picking up, say for example, your stone you mentioned earlier. I was just about to comment on that, yeah. Because I have been into some places. <laughs> oh, Steve just pulled one of his one of his farmhouse says on faces. I'm sorry, it's like somebody just farted. <laughs> in, in just, just for full disclosure, I haven't. Um, the and if I picked up a stone, uh, enjoy by whatever. No, sorry, go to IPA or just stone IPA, and it's now February where people listen to this, and it had three or four months on. I want to pick it up. I pick it up, look at it, put it back again. Because they're telling me all the information I want and all the information I want to know about that kind of beer. Same as when I go into M&S and sometimes, I think I said it before, but they can be a bit ropey on their way they move things around. Yeah. But if they, which they have had before, they had uh, Yeasty Boys Pop Kettle Black in there before, coming right up to its end date and doing it for like a pound a bottle and I thought, I'll have some of that it's only a pound, it's a, stat, it's a dark beer. Well, well I, I picked that up for 89p a bottle in, yeah. in so, home bargains yeah. or somewhere like that, yeah. So I probably do sometimes, um, but then if I went to B&M and they had a whole rack of both from Citra, provided it had a half decent bait on it, I'd probably still pick it up. Yeah, same here, but yeah, very much going back to... So, so I'll, I'll going back to Miles' thing, I think um, we probably think about it more than we used to, and we probably think about it more with regard to the, the pale, hoppier type styles of beers than we used to yeah going back to that comment about the stone beer that I, I mentioned earlier and I, I was in Morrison's today and I looked because they, they stock stone beer as well and I looked at their cans and they were canned in October and I literally was like put it back down on the shelf almost in disgust thinking I can go a mile down the road to Tesco and I can get a can of that that's two months fresher than, than that and, and also had it recently because um Angela ordered some uh, Stone IPA from Tesco's as part of her online shopping, and I was like, I was like, Dad, you allowed to check the dates on things <laughs> when they come because I'm not sure I would have trusted uh, a pickup in Tesco's to have necessarily picked me up the freshest can. No, pick the ones which are quickest. The, the one at the front. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, but again, that all comes back to, and, and I know we definitely spoke about this on that very first show, it comes back to the information that's being made available to us as consumers. They've got Stone in particular do canned on and yes. drink by. And we also know that Stone is only travelling as far from Berlin these days. Yes. Whereas your cigar city and going back to you know the whole uh i from uh, david hamilton i tend not to drink hoppy us beers as i basically can't trust they're going to turn up as part of the whole cold chain thing yeah so therefore why would you bother trying to try to do that and we've all we've all had that experience where we've had the warehoused aged oh yeah american hoppy beers well, i think that happened the first time brewdog bought the the stone enjoy buys into the country they got caught up in customs yes yeah over that incredibly hot August bank holiday weekend and it basically killed all the beer yeah 
wasn't it wasn't, right. it wasn't what it was intended to be um okay so before there's just a couple more comments on this one that i want to cover Ooh. but you, we, we have got another beer i'm not so convinced right now um this one is called amphora it is an 8.3 percent oak fermented owl with grape must and sweet cherries so Moscato grape ale fermented in a single barrel with resident microflora. I like that resident microflora, rather than the invaded microflora. <laughs> um, and whole cherries, mixed fruit, candy sweetness leads into earthy Brettanomyces foam. Oh, I can't imagine why you weren't loving the smell of this. Oh right, and okay, now I'm gonna take that back because actually the first when I opened that and it hissed, and I'm sure yeah. people heard that, the the aroma that came out of it. I swear it smelled like someone farted in me in but front of me and walked, the glass. and walked by. But on the on the glass I'm getting the cherries straight away. I'm getting the cherries. I'm I'm getting I'm getting a little bit of the oak and I'm getting every everything else that Now this is tart. This is a bit more tart. Okay. Again. Am I gonna pull the face? No no no, because it's not I don't think it's got the sour tart. Okay, let's let's see. Oh, Okay, did pull the face. Did pull the face. While you're pulling the face then, I'll read out a few more. Um, going back to the Cloudwater comment I made from uh, Justin at JD Hokey. I enjoyed some of the Cloudwater V series more as they neared the end of the BB day. I thought they tasted better and were more balanced when they weren't punching me in the face. Loads of people said that yeah. at, at, at the time. I, I remember in particular Rob from Hopzine said that as well but though. I think especially as that series went on like I said when yeah. they started really uh, churning them out I think people found that more and, and also when they moved from doing the Dipper series to literally the weekly releases yeah a lot of people were saying these are coming out too soon but you give them a couple of weeks and actually they're balancing out perfectly yeah. but then we had that what was the, who was the uh, who brought out those beers which they said, "Oh, we sh you should. Uh, s the shop should s hold on to them for four to six weeks." Oh, um, that was an Omni Apollo. Yeah, I mean that was. Well, just as a follow up to that, and actually ties into this as well. That was those milkshake IPAs. Um, recently, I saw Sean from Beer Central go back to try them, and he said he ended up pouring the entire stock that he had bought down the sink because they were that they hadn't aged well. Uh, they hadn't done what they intended to do, and they were just awful. Nice wasted money. Well, they they were being sold at 13, 14 quid a can as, as well. So Bloody hell. He, obviously, there's a lot of retailers out there that have probably ended up taking a big hit on those. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's not good. Um, so from Andrew Clark at Burnham, fresh is important, but I tend to use the best before date or freshness date as a guideline. However, I've had some beers that were supposed to be drunk fresh and kept a second for later, and the later beer was as good, if not better. This comment's really coming out, isn't it? People saying, but you know, fresh isn't, you know, drink it fresh, yeah, it might be interesting, but it's not necessarily the beer's at its best. Especially in cans. Yeah, there's well, a lot of things can, out. can looks after the beer, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it totally depends on the beer. It's hoppy, I keep it in the fridge, try to drink it in a couple of weeks. Uh, tends to do the same with lagers, anything else, stout, sour, Belgium, I keep it room temperature and drink, whatever. And that's from it. Drink, drank, junk, John. I thought I'd do that for once. So I, I think, yeah, yeah finally it's time you, you did that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because a lot of people went down that route of, of, of clearly stating the obvious. If it's something dark or sour, yeah. I'm going to age it. 
because there's, there's there's some sort of romanticism in that yeah, age. Much the know? same as uh, you know a white wine and a red wine. Yeah, people will sell will sell a red wine, but you wouldn't want to, a lot of people won't leave a mm-hmm. white wine hanging around. Mark Johnson's comment. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think we've achieved a first here. We've actually rendered Mark Johnson speechless. Yes, um, I really couldn't offer an opinion. <laughs> But I will go back to one of his um, initial, his blogs at the start of the year, the year before last, where he said uh, there'll be beers where people will say, "I want to lick the hops." Yeah, uh, and 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 you can get that. There are a few beers which it does taste like you're licking the hops. Uh, yeah, and and there have been a few. Yeah, and I don't like, want to lick the hops. Northern Monk at the moment are producing beers that are so fresh you can you can you can literally lick the hops. In, in them which but again give them a couple of weeks and actually that balances out really really nicely and obviously they've now got the the, the hot monster that is Colin Strong working there as well so you can probably expect more and more of that um, as time goes on um, just just one final one on, on this one um, and I think this this actually sums going back to the original question and, and the Odyssey beer and, 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 and this whole discussion that we've had so this is from Jim at Jimbo underscore Baggins. Sounds like a gimmick to me. I doubt it turns into slime after four days. Yeah, he's probably right. Which... But I think that lends itself to what Mitchell said. Yeah. He said it's a bit of fun. We've put it out there. And actually, I think it was Joe, wasn't it, that said, it's gonna, you're going to do it in four days anyway. If it's a good beer, it's going to sell out. Yeah, if people start saying it's a really good beer or you're there with your mates and you have like a half or a taste and you go, this is good, and a few more people will buy it and it will go and as you said for obviously gets their name mentioned we're talking about it yeah other people are then talking about it it moves on moves the conversation and to be fair I think we've said it before all the beers we've had from Odyssey and tried we've, we've really enjoyed yeah and they every single one I've had to a certain extent fairly fresh but he does pride himself on getting really hoppy beers to, to the consumer as fresh as possible yeah and it's only a small brewery as well. He's not. He's not your likes of your cloud water, who can can and have beers in your hand the next day. It takes a little bit longer because he's doing it through bottles. I think we basically ended up with people will make their own judgment. I think so. Yeah, I'd I'd say if if I was in a bar this weekend and I saw it, I'd try it. I'll try it, definitely. Because but then I probably would have tried it um, just because it said Odyssey IPA. Yeah, that that would have been enough. For, for, for <laughs> Odyssey, me. I like, and it yeah. says IPA. So yeah. put the two together. You're on, you're on a winner there, aren't you? <laughs> now, as we are, as we've come back this year, and we are only doing um, fortnightly shows rather than our normal weekly content, um, we're obviously still running polls ev- every week. So, actually, what you lucky folk are going to get is a roundup of the other polls as exactly. well that, that we've run in between. So, um, jumping back to our very first poll of, of the year. We asked, um, what do you think will be the beer style of, of 2018? Giving four options. So we gave sub 3% smashers, wild or mixed fermentation beers, heritage brews, or the return of the black IPA. 538 votes, 33% of people go for wild and mixed fermentation, 29% at sub 3% smashers, 21% at Heritage Brews and then a lowly 17% at what will surely be the most amazing style of this year, the return of the Black IPA. Yeah, was that one of the times where you wish you had a vote? 
It is, yes, and it, it, it very much prompted, and I'm still going with my campaign. <laughs> Your magic rock, my magic ball. rock, bring back magic eight ball. <laughs> hashtag bring back magic eight ball campaign. One because it's a fucking amazing beer, and two because it, it came in black and purple labelling that is made for magic rock cans. It would it would look good on the cans. Come on, guys, just one more batch. That's that's all you. That's all we're asking for. On, on this one. That's, so, all, that's all Steve's asking Yeah. For. So a lot of people actually go in for essentially the styles that we're drinking here, here tonight. Yeah, so with the wild mixed fermentation beers, which is definitely the four beers we've got tonight. Yeah. Um, and also, interestingly, 21% for the heritage beers, which forms uh, you know part of what we did in the tasting room. Part, part, part of the say. tasting room. Um, I, th- I think we spoke when we did those in terms of what Steve's doing at Beer Nouveau. Yeah. Um, we've seen this week that Green King are getting on that bandwagon. Yeah, yes, that well-known craft brewery as well. And let, let's be honest, we are trying to currently get our hands on a couple of the Green King curious. bottles to give them a try. My, yeah. my viewpoint is, it can't. If IP, if IP, Green King IPA is their baseline, this is going to be as bad as Green King IPA or better. You can't, don't think it can be any worse. I, that's that's my starting point. Yes, it can't be any worse. That's, that's a flat baseline, isn't yeah. it? There's, there's nothing below that. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so, so just a few of the comments that we got in on this one. Then, so um, at Sparky Wright uh, said he was unsure, um, but but what he was sure of is that certain sections within the beery world will find a way to argue and berate each other over drinking it. Yeah, I mean, this poll came out a couple of weeks ago, and there was a lot of Twitter angst. Let's just say, all I'm going to say right now is Twitter's not been the best of places in, in the beginning of 2018. It's, it's, it's like everyone's had Blue Monday for like yeah. 30 odd days. Theory Twitter in particular is a, is a bit of a grumpy place at the moment. Um, so Guy Miller at BrewGuy underscore. Um, for me and the trade talk, it's lagers and more lagers. On my side, commercial, it's 0% beer all the way. And for hell of me, I don't know why. Now this is interesting. That's, that's three separate things I want to talk about there. Yeah. Lagers, we've heard that for the last two or three years, yeah. that this is the year of the lager. This is the year that and everybody's of, going to perfect lager. People, plenty of people want a good lager. I love a good lager. Aren't you loving, actually, aren't you going to tick two of the boxes here? You're loving, is it flat tyre? Flat tyre from Pistonhead, they're 0.5%, so effectively they're alcohol free. As a as an as an alcohol free beer, I think it's fantastic. It sit it sits in my cupboard or my fridge along with nanny steak. I think it's really nice. Um, but it does it commercially? I don't know how much zero percent beers can crack the market. To be honest, well, we've seen an influx this Christmas, haven't we? So we've seen Budweiser have got their Prohibition beer out there which is a 0% version of yeah but that's what I mean I mean but Budweiser can then get their beers everywhere and you can buy yeah. them for like a pound but, uh, Heineken have got one as well well I, I bought a can of it for 80p because I was curious yeah it's 80p I'm never getting back and I would have been better off drinking 330ml of water let's, let's, <laughs> let's just leave it at that but you might not have been able to buy 330ml of water at 80p that's true that's very true actually <laughs> Um, Heineken have got one out. We, we are seeing um, a lot more of the craftier breweries trying their hands at, at lower ABVs. I still think a lot of people have a lot of work to do, though. Yeah. I mean, before we recorded tonight, you were drinking the Cloudwater one, Small... One of their small beer range, the uh, Mosaic Pale Ale. And I have to admit, having not necessarily fallen out of love with Cloudwater, but I started to feel that some of their... Sit there, five and a half to seven percent beers were all getting a bit samey with that same very fruity, very full mouthfeel, etc. Um, 
that slightly fuller mouthfeel and seemingly thrown a shed load of hops on a 2.9% beer works really well. That, oh, and you've had that a few times now. I've had that a few yeah. times and I, again, I will probably buy a couple of them to take on the way home as well because I think it's just really good. I, I like having some light beers during the week because sometimes I can't, there's only so much tea I can drink at home, there's only so much water. I don't want to be drinking fizzy sugary drinks. So a few low ABV or non-alcoholic beers I think work really well. That's the job. But I don't understand that second sentence, why commercially it's 0% beer all the way. Because like I said, surely... But he works on the, the commercial side for a brewery. But is it a big brewery? Uh, I don't know actually where... That's where, the bit I can't remember about Guy yeah. because, like I said, it's the big boys who tend to have their 0% beer. So Beck's beer will turn up in places. People even talk about, you know, I think Erdinger, wheat isn't too bad, the alcohol fry. Um, but then you'll get like the Budweiser's of this world and all those guys, and, and they're just shit. Yeah. Well, we, we exclusively tested those. I think it was in episode two. Yeah. And just <laughs> to be clear, we're not going back. And I know we're not going back. And, and I think at the time you said it wasn't what you signed up for. When no, it wasn't what I signed up for. You're lucky I'm still here after yeah. that. <laughs> um, just, just taking a few, few of the other comments. So Pete at Hops and Hoops. Uh, this isn't answering the question. Love it when somebody starts with, with, with that. Um, but I hope it's the year of the brewers brewing the beers they want to brew, not what's on trend and what they think the drinking public will want to buy. If it's good, we'll buy it. And whatever it is, don't put it out if it's not ready to drink. Ooh, and that was in advance of the fresh poll. Yeah, which I think is which I think is great. And I think preemptive strike. Just gonna just gonna at that point just hashtag bring back Magic Eight Ball um, because obviously it's not a beer that would be on trend. But I think they should brew it for me. Uh, for no other reason. Just for you. Just, just for me. Uh, beer Bay Reviews at Bay Beer Reviews. Um, I think we'll see the growth of, in full flavoured, decent bodied table beers, small beers, um, and a corresponding move away from the belief that bigger is better when it comes to AVVs. We've just we've covered that, yeah. bit, really. Um, the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady, there are some great low ABV beers coming out again, uh, and after a couple of years of endless dippers and nippers, It'll be nice to, to quaff for a change. Also, they're a great challenge for brewers. So again, a lot of people leaning towards that lower end of the, of the market. I think, I think, but I think what that also says is that that's what, people are, that's what a few people are starting to look for as well. Because sometimes you do want to better just have a beer you can have more than one of. Yeah. And not really have to think about it, not really have to judge it, but you enjoy it still. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, this was before Mark lost his voice in, in, in a most recent poll. Uh, Mark N. Johnson, this isn't even awkward, uh, but I don't believe any of them. I have gone for wild out of them as uh, a slight leaning towards a farmhouse style, maybe likely, but I still think the next IPA thing will affect the bubble. And there were a few people that said that simply it will be IPA again because that's the craft darling. Yes, and that has remained so. And also people coming into beer, if the late comers into our craft beer world, IPA is the one which will bring them in usually. Yeah, and they're, they're going to go on that journey, aren't they, mm. of, of exploring things. So that was, that was our first poll of the year. I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that poll. I, 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 I did. Um, you know, there was a lot of votes. I know we've distilled some of the comments and stuff, but it was, there was quite a few comments at the time as well. Yeah, and, and I think all, all of those styles... I, I could, I, you know, you know, obviously from those, well, from those four styles, we've already ticked off two of them in shows that we've done this year. I, I, I think, <laughs> unfortunately for you, the one which is the least likely, which we've seen already this year, because we know that people are talking about heritage. Yeah. I and mean, if Green King are jumping on the bandwagon, heritage has got creating a bit of noise. 
Um, and they're also using the Chevalier malt, aren't they? They are, yeah. Um, you've also got the wild mixed fermentation beers, and I think that's been slowly picking up with more and more breweries from around the world picking up on those kind of beers. The table beers, it's going to be the, your, your hardest sell there, Steve, is the Bipper, I'm afraid, mate. Fucking heathens, that's all. <laughs> honestly, it's the most underrated style. And I, I think the problem with it is that so many people get it wrong when they do it. Yeah. Because I think that's a really... In and, my head, it's a really hard beer to do. And on that glorious day when Magic Rock do release Magic 8-Ball, we will sit and we will discuss that over many hours of podcasting. What people so that's the only to. beer we'll drink? Yes. Because I, I had to... Part of the deal for me trying to get them to bring it back was I had to buy a case. Okay. So, so we're going to drink a case on the show. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so the next poll that we did was... Um, Asking about... Come on, beer. Oh, uh, I, I don't like you're it. You're not enjoying this one so I'm, much, are you? I'm really struggling What's, with this one. What, what is it you're not? Uh, I don't like the tartness. Um, I don't like the finish. I don't like the mouthfeel. Um, <laughs> it's not your kind of beer, it's, is it's, it? it's this not... Is, this is your bottle share nightmare beer, isn't it? Yes, this, well, this would be my bottle share nightmare if somebody turned up with more than one of this type of beer. So when someone turns up with a 750 version of this, there's only yeah. six of us there. Yeah, I don't think we've done the tasting notes on no, this. So, so on this one, this is um, initial mixed fruit candy sweetness gives way to an earthy bread funk with a smooth vinous finish. Which I've, I've actually probably got to agree with that, and it's all of that that I don't like. I think it's a really accurate description, um, and I can see out of the three we've had so far, why it would be your least favourite as Steve downs the rest of it just to get it out of the way a bit like eating his Brussels sprouts yeah I'm not a fan of that one oh. whereas I would quite happily have a bottle of that oh. but then I don't suppose anyone would be surprised because that we you know we have different palettes where those are concerned that's got me reaching for the Gaviscon as, as oh, well. it wasn't that bad it was it is that bad um, so um Let's get through this next poll. Why do you try to, why do you try to read, read while dying over there from intuition? Yeah, well, you, you pour the last beer. I'll go through the, 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 the other poll that we did. So um, we were asking in 2018, do you think you'll visit the pub more than last year, about the same or less than the last year? So 379 votes. 57% of people said about the same. 30, 30% said more and only 13% said less, which was interesting considering some of the comments that, that we then got. The comments certainly didn't correlate to, the co- to those votes. Co- yeah, um, it felt like the people who said about the same didn't really comment. Yeah, they just voted and left then, then left the room. Um, so, first one, and, and well, actually, first few are all along the same sort of vein, really. So, Tom underscore tapped at Tom underscore tapped said, I do think I'll be visiting less craft beer focused bars, less though, getting a little priced out, sadly, and then a little sad face emoji. There, there as well, just to emphasise that point. Uh, which was followed up by Ben Hooper at Hooda Hop. Hooda Hoop. It's, it's a great either way you say it. Um, less I'm afraid I seem to be increasingly priced out of the craft beer scene. Maybe this year we'll see a rise in lower ABV, ABV beers. Again, coming back to that point. Mm-hmm. And they will be more affordable. Dippers are great, but they're not cheap and not sessionable. And then the Owl Lady at the Owl Lady... 
less sadly, unless my local is taken over by someone who actually gives a flying monkeys about keeping beer. Are there any dedicated cellar men or women left? Um, and then beer from the wood at BFTWNI. Also a distinct lack of session beers. Who wants 7% to 10 percenters when you just want a couple of pints chatting with your mates or partner? One third pints do not cut it for me on a session day with friends. The, 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 and those comments weren't alone. That's only that's that's, that's just only a, a real snapshot. Yeah, um, and I noticed that as well. But it was main, it was the two things mainly that it was the cash, the price. Yeah, if they wanted to go to craft focus places, and the fact that when they rocked up at a craft focus place, you weren't really getting sessionable beers. No, they have a big beers there. Yeah. yeah. So it's quite, and, and with the big beer comes the, the, the bigger price tag. The bigger price does come along, you know, and um, I think what people are saying there is and they, they need a bit of a balance when they go to these kind of places. Yeah. Because there is only so many big beers you can do, you know, although I do know who wants 7 to 10%. Doesn't Cannibal come in that range, Steve? 7.4. Um, and, a, and, only one, and only wants a couple of pints. Again, taking Cannibal out of the equation... <laughs> Um, then yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a valid point third pints do not cut it when you're on a session day with friends no it doesn't but also within that range and you know put all my personal bias to one side around the, the, the New England style of IPA they're thick beers as they're well they're not sessionable and even if you, you get can one, only drink so many of those before we've had a couple which we think are alright yeah. and I've probably had a few more that maybe I think are best I prefer more than you but I still don't think they're sessionable no, I don't think they're sessionable at all. Um, just because they are that that real level of thickness and they f- they feel f- full, don't they? Yeah. Um, but anyway, before we get say a few more of these comments and discuss a bit more, last beer. So yeah, this is um, so we're dropping back down again in the ABV here. So this is seven point six percent. But there's a reason why we probably left still it. doesn't come in the sessionable range. No, <laughs> but we've left this one to last because it's a it's a Kilkerran Wee Heavy. Now this is a collab with Kilkerran Distillery, so this is a strong dark Scotch ale finished in Kilkerran whiskey barrels. I know I'm not familiar with Kilkerran whiskey. Cheers. Loving the nose though. Ooh, that's lovely. Yeah. It's it's like it's like burnt caramel. It's lovely. It's lovely. The first first thing that I've noticed though is there doesn't seem to be a lot of life in that. Not a lot of life and I think because it's got such a lovely aroma, because it's a 7.4% and it's a wee heavy so it's not supposed to have necessarily that big mouthfeel, it feels a bit thin even though it's yeah. no thinner than the other three beers. It feels thin because of the aroma I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Which could be a shame Yeah, actually because... It could suffer from. I would have expected something a little bit thicker. It could almost suffer a bit more life from that aroma. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, So, so I haven't asked you about the polls for you for the other one. Yeah, we've we've not. We've not got our views. I can ask you about this one, the pub. And do you feel priced out at times? Um, I. I'm probably going to be about the same, I think, pub-wise, and probably because I'm going to be frequenting different pubs than I did previously, so obviously in the past I spent a lot of time in Leeds with my job and mm-hmm. 
obviously that that could be quite pricey to have a drink in, in an up and coming town centre um, I don't think I'm going to be priced out but I think I'm going to think twice about the places that I go to because there may be a perception that somewhere by might be a little bit more expensive for what they're offering yeah I think I'm always in a difficult position when I do this one because I spend five days a week in London prices are what they are in London unless I count Weatherspoons yeah. so if I discount Weatherspoons out of the equation which even by spoon standards spoons are more expensive in, in, in the city then it's hard for me to go elsewhere and find them to be more expensive if I'm being honest but if, if you want good beer you've got to pay for it right? yeah I think there are t- I can understand what people are saying I mean what I my ideal place is, and I go back to somewhere like the Victoria, where I have the chance to have cask beer at a very good price a pint. They give me a few crafty keg options, make it quite clear on the pump clip, it's quite clearly advertised, it's more expensive. And then they have um, a double fridge, which three shelves, each shelf is priced differently. And yeah, you can see the prices. I, I noticed that on Friday yeah. night. And so it's all clear, it's all up front. Yeah. It gives you a choice. So if I do want to go in there and just session, I've got four or five cast yeah. options to do that and then if, towards the end of that session I want to try something a bit craftier and a bit more expensive I can switch down to a half or a third mm-hmm. um, but I said I think price wise it's hard for me because of, because of the London factor yeah. to say it but it was really interesting about on the comments that came out a lot oh, particularly on that poll yeah yeah, that people were, were saying that they feel as though they're being priced out of yeah. craft beer but, and, I, and I do wonder whether we'll see although we didn't put craft in the, t- in the poll no, no. Just the pub. Yeah. yeah we didn't even say bar or taproom. But then that might be indicative of our listenership or people that get involved in the pubs yeah. and, the, and the places that they drink. That's true. That they drink. I mean, I still like going to um, like craft bars, but my preferred option is still drinking in, a, in what I class as a, a pub. Yeah. So somewhere like, you know, Mark Johnson describes like somewhere like the Grove in Huddersfield would be somewhere I'd love to go and visit at some point. Hmm. Just because... It seems to tick a lot of boxes or where he works sometimes at the Staley Bridge Buffet. That kind of place where I have a bit of everything. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think I'm probably going to be about the same this year on pub visits. Even well, you're moving as well, aren't you? So you're... I know, don't talk about it. I'm going to have to leave the Vic. Pub going is going to... Your home pub going is going to change a little bit, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, I'm probably going to be going to pubs a bit further afield now. Yeah. To find the pubs I want. Find somewhere really good. Yeah. I yeah. won't have the Vic 15 minutes walk away with takeaways outside. Yeah. So. I might cry that day. I'll be there to, to hold you, mate. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's fine. Um, so that's our first three polls of the year. Yep. Uh, really grateful to everyone that gets, as always, that, that, that votes and particularly people that take time to comment as well. Yeah, it definitely. Is, it's great that you comment and also those of you that then listen to the show and feel as though you want to comment again yep. and, and come we back. Love, we love that. Keep doing that because cause we, we love that and, and that may also then lead to you getting a, getting a slot on, on this next segment. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So, um, just uh, some feedback that, that we've had while we've been off air. And um, Paul at UNRCD, clearly chomping at the bit to, to, to get some questions in because we have <laughs> we we been around. Yeah, two from him this month. And I, and I love both of these actually. Um, so the first one is if you had to stick to one brewery's current core range beers only 
Which brewery would you choose? At the moment, for me, it's Northern Monk Brew Co. Can't get enough of faith at the moment. Go. I would probably go Thornbridge. I'm not surprised at all, in the least, by that. I'm, I'm really not. <laughs> um, in terms of core range, uh, I wouldn't be able to move away from Magic Rock. Because I think all of their core beers in, in the 330ml cans just nail it for me. Yeah, and they're the ones, um, well, two, two of those core range you can pick up at MS. Yeah, and they've recently added, and, and it also covers a full range of styles yes. as, as well. Having the, now added to it the lager in, in Dancing Bear, yeah. and also Phantasma, fan, is it Phantasma, the gluten free beer yeah. as, as well. So they're, they're literally, their core range ticks every single box style wise. Yeah, if you buy a mixed case, you've covered off most things. Yeah. Uh, and then his, his next question was, um, so 2018 is here, what beer festivals are you looking forward to for the, the, the most? For me, it's um, Northern Monks, Hop City, Beaver Towns Extravaganza and Thornbridge Peak Ender. I've got to say, I'm a little bit jealous at those festivals that he's attending this year. I'm, I'm, I would love to go to the Thornbridge Peak Ender just without the camping bit. Um, we could do it as Mark Johnson did it and stay in a local B&B yes that's true and then walk there um, I'm looking forward to the Leeds International Beer Festival again me too and I'm hoping to get through it this time without falling asleep in a bar yeah and I'm hoping to get through without falling on the step up the train yes so there we go two aims for 2018 there we go here. yes you heard it's it here first up New Year's resolutions yeah um, James at Gammon, Gammon Baron and I love this one um, hashtag opinions which is the best single beer across all three dispense methods, cast, cast, keg, and bottle or can. He said after tonight, he thinks it's Rooster's baby-faced assassin ranks highly. Any guesses for what I might say? It's probably the same as what I'm gonna say. Is it ghost ship? No, oh. like, I don't think ghost ship oh, on Oh, Yeah, I don't think ghost ship on keg is a patch on cask. Ah, uh, see, I like it, fizzy. Yeah, I know you do. Fizzy cold. Takes away all the flavor in the body. Mm. There aren't that many though, are there? That, no, that you there can are. get across all but three dispensers. I would agree. I think Bayview Face Assassin is excellent, and I probably I've probably only had it on cask once yeah. at a festival. I haven't probably had it on cask through a handful. In fact, I'm going to add one to that that's just come to me after you said the word handful. Um, Magic Rocks Common Grounds. Oh, but you had it on cask a year, I've had it a year on ago. Cask, didn't you? and it is. Fucking amazing. It was, was it on cask at the tap room that time we went there before the Crimbo Crawl? Was that cask? No, I don't think so. Then in that case, I don't know if I've ever had it on cask. But I love that one. And, and I'm that, that's one that I'm actually going to put out to our listeners as well. And if, if you know a beer that you think works across all three dispense methods, let us know. Because I'd like to almost compile a list of because those. Because I think there's some which don't. And I think even some of the macro beers don't. Guinness... I don't like in any format apart from on nitro keg. Yeah. Um, the only Guinness I like other than that is the Guinness Foreign Export, which is in a bottle. There are some beers which don't transmit between all the different types. Adam's Mosaic isn't too bad across the formats, um, but it's not as good as yeah. some other ones. But yeah, I think probably only a few actually. That's a great question though, it isn't it? It is a great it? question. It's because one, one that sprang to mind recently when a uh, it's now available in bottles again is Trap Sonoma that that works really well across all three dispense methods yep 
and not bad for a low ABV yeah. either. But I, I don't think I could... I, I'm not sure, on my own, I could come up with more... I, could, I don't think I could get to double figures in, in beers that are available. Well, there's a little challenge for you and I then. When we record our next show, okay. let's see, as a bittering lingness for you and I, see if we can come up with a few others. We'll come back to that. I like yeah. that. Let's, let's do that, yeah. Um, so just, just two final comments. Um, first one from Richard Swindells at Rich Swind saying, and this again on the, the heritage beer front. So this was on the back of us doing Govinda on, on, on the mm-hmm. last show. And, and Richard is Shane's brother yeah. uh, as well. So disclosure here. Um, he's interested in opinions on heritage craft beer. It's fairly new to me. So wondered if many were aware of it. And he did a poll uh, as well asking if many people were aware of it. And the poll ended up getting a lot of people commenting on it and I got tagged into a lot of that. <laughs> um, but it, it seems as though people have different views in terms of what is heritage. So I, I think that's one that we're going to leave for now and possibly come to later in the year. I think there's an opportune moment or moments. I, I, think, I think we may have an expert lined up to yeah. talk to us about that. Which means we'll only have to talk for about two minutes. That's, that's fine. We'll talk and drink and, and he can... No, we'll, we'll, we'll listen and drink. Listen and, and drink. He, he can, can talk, talk. yeah. Uh, and then the final comment, um, this is from Nick Richardson at Mr. Trick. How have I only just discovered that the Beer O'Clock Show? Good to hear this homebrew on there too. And this was on the back of the 12 Beers of Christmas. Uh, Nick, welcome. Yeah, uh, as welcome to Beer O'Clock Show. Yeah, this, this, is, this is what you've just heard Tonight is kind of what we do. Yeah. This 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 is it. Everything. And now, now, now you're in. Yeah, now you're in. There's there's no way out. So, um, final thoughts on, on this beer. I'm going to give you the tasting notes on the sheet that I've got. Caramel richness flows into earthy sweetness with a touch of vanilla. Peat smoke lingers in the finish. I think flavour profile they're bang on about. I think, but because of that initial aroma, I've had to dial down my expectations about the mouthfeel. Even though I knew it was a wee heavy, even though I knew we'd gone down at 7.4%, that aroma, first of all, had me thinking 11, 12% MP yeah. barrel aged out kind of beer. Um, now that we've been talking in between and I've sort of forgotten about that bit, I've just been supping it quite happily, thinking this is quite nice. Uh, it is, it's very drinkable. Two weeks running with a wee heavy. We have, yeah. Because we're the wee heavy from a Cheshire brew house as well. Yeah. And yeah. I think we both enjoyed that at the time. I, I'm i enjoying it. I think I enjoyed the one from Cheshire Brewhouse more. And maybe it would benefit from a bit more life and a bit more body. That's that's all I'm going to say. I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. Like I said, I think that initial aroma switched me on to thinking that way as well. Yeah. But these tasting notes that have been very good. Sent us a bang on. Yes. In, in terms, and this is it's literally only for each one. It's four lines, yeah. and they've nailed it in in those four lines. I mean, there are times when we've had tasting notes sent to us, which are either a talking about a different beer, preposterous to say the least, or I just aren't actually talking about the beer at all. Yeah, yeah, but no, that's that, that's really good. So, um, just once again, um, want to extend our thanks to Fine Hours for sending us across these great four beers yep um, can only imagine where they're going to go and they look they look lovely different collections as well and you know if they're going to start doing these seasonally and they can carry on getting them into either a local restaurant or local restaurants I can definitely see how this is a and also stopping myself there in mid-sentence is that thing about challenging the perception of what a beer can be 
Yes. Because, I, and something I still struggle with at work and can't seem to get past is that thing about certain people just go, oh, I don't like beer. It's like, oh. Well, those, those I would definitely get pulled up by HR if I ever say or do what I want to say and do. Those middle two, strictly speaking, if you had served those in a wine glass to look at, you maybe wouldn't have known. No, I don't think so. I, and I think that it would have challenged, like, and that's what we tried to do when we did that wine and beer thing at work, to challenge people's perceptions about what beer is. And that's what all four of these beers do. Yeah. Is say, you know what you think beer might be? Here's what it can be. Yeah, absolutely. So they should, finals should be congratulated on that. They look beautiful as well. Um, it's lovely designs on them. They do look very seasonal. Yeah. In the way they've done them. Um, and I have enjoyed them all to a lesser or greater degree. My favourite two are the two middle ones. Yeah, see, less so for me. Yeah. Probably the second one and then probably this one. Yeah, would, would which if I'd had to pick, there would have been the second and the fourth one for you, I would have picked out. Yeah, yeah. But no, like I so I'm, I'm intrigued to see where finals go with the, if they continue to do this each season and, and, and see what they bring out. Yeah. It'll be great, great to see. It'd be interesting what, what they do like the summer. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, can you imagine four beers that are just like absolutely smashable? Yeah. In, in this sort of style at five seven eight and eight yeah percentage <laughs> that'd be brilliant special yes <laughs> absolutely so um, it's great to be back it is great to be back and um, I'm, I'm sorry to everyone who's had to listen to free opinions polls and t- ten weeks worth of news well, well this is essentially what you're going to get from, from now on um, I do just want to say a massive thank you to everyone though who's got involved in the polls um, who keeps getting involved in the even polls even when we're not on air even when we're not on air and for those of you as well that ask us other questions which we like to feature and we like to discuss and obviously one of those tonight we're going to go we're away going to come back to. I'm going to think about th- that think about and we're going to come back to that um, so if you want to get involved use the hashtag opinions we will find you uh, and we'll make sure that we, we mention you on the show get involved in the polls on a Sunday night that's the best way to, to, to get involved in what we do um, do you know what we're doing next time? Revisited Oh, you remembered? Yes. That's, that's incredible. Get in. That, that you remembered. So next time, it's been about a year since we did the crossover with Beanomicon where we did the 10 untapped commandments. Uh, we thought it was time to revisit that. I think it's been, I think it's, it's definitely an occasion so to revisit it. We're going to have a look at our untapped usage yeah. and see if it's changed. We're also going to revisit some beers that we've done on previous shows that we've been ageing yeah. as, as well to, to see if they've changed and also beers that we've done from breweries on previous shows to see how those breweries have moved on yeah. as well. So, so it's, it's a bit of a look back. It's definitely a look back, but some hopefully some fresh opinions. Maybe, yes. On brand. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, until next time, mate. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>